Danny, hi. It's a Thanksgiving episode if you're American. And if you're not, it's still a yeah. Thanksgiving episode because... We're if in, you're not, who cares? Yeah, who cares? It's be thankful of something. <laughs> but to celebrate, we're That's going right. to we're gonna have, as qualities our jokes are, a very corny uh, Thanksgiving. Um, as most of our Absolutely. content today is focused uh, on, the, I guess, the, the, the most thankful god of all, which would be corn. Uh, very thankful of blood. Skulls. Yeah, I think so. Um, decorative centerpieces of skulls and, and <laughs> thigh bones and, and all that other kind of fun stuff. But, uh, Denny, you and I played against the, the same person, same list, with two different very or two very different lists. Uh, we're going to talk some worst character ever. That's going to be back. Um, and yep. then there was some previews as well. So let's just get right to it, uh, seeing as everyone let's sensible has already turned off. Oh, man. What are you thankful for? Uh, I'm thankful for you, Danny. Thank you for making the last Aww. year your bearable. Like, I think I was saying to someone today, you're like... <laughs> you're bearable. <laughs> no, so you made the last year bearable. Um, I think, like, because oh, I was saying to okay. one of my friends, like, since March, I think you're one of two people I've seen in person. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. It's been real limited. It's been real limited. So, thankfully, you're not, like, a massive asshole. Uh, so, the... <laughs> Otherwise, medium sized <laughs> dude, I would love it if we just couldn't stand each other, but still chose it like the other person. They're like, God, I hate this so much. Damn COVID. Um, it's another it's, uh, socially responsible mob rules recording remotely as the town Danny and I live in the small, the small shire. Um, small is, mountain down is about to institute another month long down lockdown or month long lockdown, uh, which is super exciting. So, yeah, we are brought to you by the wonders of Discord. Uh, if you go to Rep Sports uh, to buy your Raise Energy drink, use promo code SELLOUT. That has nothing to do with Discord, and I just want to make some money on this here. Uh, <laughs> Rep Sports. It's uh, gnarly, dude. Tubler. It's in the game. <laughs> we can't say that. I think that's EA, right? It's, oh, no. We can't? <laughs> it's, 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 if it's out of the game, Fuck. it's out of the game. Raise Energy drinks. But Warhammer. Raise Energy drinks. It's the game. Oh god, that's good. That's good. Um, if only I was like prepped better to do like explosion sounds and birds. Uh, wait, try again. Raise energy. It's the game. Cool. Yeah, I mean that's worse. I think overall. Um, <laughs> but, but Warhammer. So before um, yeah. we we are hunkering it's down. A game we play, or we used to. We right? used to. Now we just theory craft it. So on the plus side, I can never be terrible because you can't prove what I'm saying is wrong, because um, <laughs> there's no practical examples anywhere uh, ever. I'm just we, gonna math hammer you into oblivion. That's my plan. <laughs> Damn it! And you do it so well. It's the most depressing <laughs> thing, because um, I'm like, man, I'm gonna do this. And you're like, you're gonna kill six intercessors over the course of. <laughs> A game. Oh. Five turns. Okay. Oh, oh fine. That's what I get for taking squigs. Um, <laughs> but last Saturday, um, before the world imploded, uh, both of us played yep. a game um, against the same person uh, running we the did. same list. Um, uh, our friend Kev, who was on the last episode, was running a brand new Death Watch. 
uh, using the new supplement. Uh, and we, Danny, you played him first and I played him afterwards and we had two very different lists um, to kind of absolutely test the metal of the Death Watch. So why don't we start with you uh, and kind of your game against Kev? Well, why don't we start with Kevin's list? I oh, that's probably, um, a good place probably to start, that's right? like the one common denominator between the two. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so Kevin's list, uh, Kevin was running Death Watch. He was running a single battalion. He had uh, a watch uh, captain with the jump pack, uh, relic blade, storm shield, and the relic shield that gives a five plus invulnerable save aura. Uh, and then he had, well, a primaris tech marine with the uh, uh, Iron Hands Warlord trait to yep. let him heal plus one damage. And he was Master of the Forge, so he just heals a flat four damage, which is pretty neat. Uh, he had uh, a Fortis kill team with five Intercessors with Assault Bolters and then five Outriders. He had a Spectrus kill team with seven uh, seven models, so he, only, he had five Infiltrators and uh, two uh, Incursors. Um, and then he had a death watch kill team. I think there were eight or nine of them in there. Um, there was a bunch of storm shields and, uh, normal death watch bolters, but then also he had, uh, a couple models with the infernus heavy bolter. I have them sitting and heavy bolter on my weapon. desk right here. Oh yeah. Cause he forgot. Cause he left them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you got some new basing material now. I, I do, I do, and Scar Brand will <laughs> will wear them with pride. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like. Uh, and then what else? He had five inceptors and yep, units of five eradicators. Yeah, well, it was the mixed ones, right? The eradicators, because it was part eradicator, part uh, aggressor. No, no. Oh, I think he was just using the aggressor models. As oh, is it right? Proxy. It was proxy heavy for both of us there. Um, but yeah, the eradicators were definitely there. Uh, definitely lots of ways to take care of armor and like a nice little, yeah. little bit of everything from the, the death watch, uh, box, which is super nice to see. Cause Kev's, um, played death watch since he started, like he said, last episode. And this is like a whole new way to play death watch. He's been waving that flag forever. Yeah. Yeah. He sure has. Uh, power to him. <laughs> exactly. And now he has like um, this. Great supplement yeah. and an option to take a whole lot more units. Oh, he also had a Redemptor Dreadnought and oh, a yeah. Dreadnought. Oh, he I did. Yeah, the two, two Dreadnoughts at the back. Um, those were uh, Dreadnoughts that did not appear in your game, did they? <laughs> they appeared. They, they, they swung. Okay. Okay. They didn't They didn't make much of an impact. But that's... The, the, no, they don't have a lot of attacks. That, that's for later That's for later talk. Um, you... Yes. So, so, so anyway, uh, I played my I played Necrons. Um, I've been trying to play the Silent King now that I have it mostly painted, um, just because I wanna I wanna I mean if I'm gonna spend all that time you know painting up a model, I want to make sure that I can actually use it right. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So my Necron list uh, consisted of the Silent King. Uh, I've got the Technomancer and the Chronomancer. Chronomancer had uh, Technomancer had the uh, well take staff, uh, Canoptic cloak, uh, and the thing that lets me bring back do rights of reanimation on a destroyer or canoptic unit. And then I had the uh, chronomancer who had the, uh, oh God, uh, veil of darkness. Uh, I had two units of 10 immortals, um, one with Tesla, one with Goss, a unit of 10 death marks, a unit of three tomb spiders or canoptic spiders now, I guess. Uh, and I had two units of nine scarabs, one unit of eight scarabs, and a unit of three heavy uh, locust destroyers with uh, the super big Gauss can and the Man, 23 damage. You one. really did bring out all your new toys that you wanted to try out, huh? 
well yeah i mean i got a bunch of i got a bunch of new stuff what's the point if you're in, in, in having it if you're not going to use it right <laughs> um <laughs> so uh we rolled up the super weird uh, hammer and anvil deployment mission. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Where it's like a little box you have in the middle of your deploy in the middle of the deployment zone. A tiny little box too. Yeah, it's so it's it's kind of hard to fit your army into, to be honest. Um, uh, luckily, Necron. I mean, I didn't have like a ton of models, so it was a little easier for me to fit everything in there. Um. Anyway. Uh, so Kevin ended up going first. Um, he didn't do enough damage. I think he killed a few immortals. I was able to hide the silent King behind a piece of obscuring terrain. Man. Um, and then on my turn, yeah. Pretty large piece of obscuring <laughs> terrain. Well, it doesn't have to, I mean, it just has to be five inches tall, right? As oh, for sure. For sure. Hide his base behind it. Uh, so then he popped out on my turn and I killed, the Redemptor Dreadnought, which exploded and oh, <laughs> did like th- three mortal wounds to four different units, um, which was kind of a which was kind of a bummer. Um, and then, yeah, I killed a bunch of stuff. I killed like I think I think I only killed like one unit on my first turn, mm-hmm. um, but then I killed I think three or four units on my second turn, and then by the third turn, I killed everything but uh, a Tech Marine and uh like uh trying to think what else there wasn't very much left there was like the tech marine and one other guy and that was all that he had in his army so it was pretty brutal the necrons were able to just focus fire and i got a bunch of extra shooting from my death marks because of their stratagem that lets them uh, uh like intercept models that come in from deep strike oh yeah yeah um so they were doing like like I killed two and a half of two and a half eradicators and one of the unit when that unit dropped and then I killed oh dang uh, yeah then I killed two inceptors through the apothecary bubble as well oh damn um, which was pretty brutal luckily it's at the end of his move phase so he gets to bring one back with the apothecary um, but and still then also heal the guy that was wounded but still yeah I nuked an inceptor before he got to shoot me which was excellent what a great introduction to death marks. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, well, well, what did you learn? <laughs> uh, but no, so actually, he's played against them before. Um, but they're what a great unit. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'm going to build up a second squad of them. That's kind of my takeaway from that game. But overall, a super fun game. I think Kevin did a lot better this game than our first game that we played uh, with his Death Watch uh, without the new book, just with the index, mm-hmm. right? Um. In that he was a lot more cautious and didn't like push out super hard with his uh, uh, outrider squad, his five man outrider squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he did push up, though, I think he pushed on the wrong side of the table. I would have kind of tried to switch uh, sides of the table with the outriders. So, like, what side did um, he go for? Like, what was it he was going for? Well, opposite of them was the canoptic spiders and they'll like mess up the bikers in combat. Like, there's no contest. Like, they will just ruin their day. Um, and so when they charged in, they killed all the bikers, uh, not, I mean, I had to shoot some of them to death, but mostly the, the spiders killed. How rude. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty rude. But the, (laughs) now the bikers came in and wiped out a seven man squad of immortals, which is pretty good. Yeah. I I mean, those bikers are no joke. Like they have a lot of attacks on the charge. 
Yeah, so he gives them plus one attack because they're uh, he's fighting against Necrons. Uh, he gets like a bunch of stratagems to help uh, defeat me. Um, <laughs> and uh, they got seven attacks apiece with that. So uh, rolling 35 attacks is pretty good. Oh, geez. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So uh, anyway, how did the games? How, how did the Silent King go for you? Because like I said, you were, uh, you were interested to take him out. Yeah, well, okay. So like I don't really usually like super expensive big models in my army. So uh I would prefer not to play with those if I can. I like to have more units in my army. And so he was great at being a midfield bully. Like he just soaked up a bunch of firepower that would have killed other units instead. Um like I think he took two units of eradicators and Kevin rolled like garbage. Oh dang! Uh, yeah, those eradicators just rolled so bad, which was the big sad for Kevin. Especially because like eradicators aren't supposed to. Like statistically, <laughs> no. they shouldn't be bad. Oh, John, they fuck. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean that's a really <laughs> polite way for me to put it. I mean, damn, you can't pause like that, Danny. You go like instantly respond because I'm like, oh shit, did it crash again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So they they actually, uh, I'm remembering, they didn't shoot the Silent King. They actually ended up shooting at my destroyers to try and kill them. Okay. Uh, and they killed two of three. That's actually pretty rolled. good. Well, or so no? he, <laughs> he hit three times uh, or got three wounds through and then rolled a one, a one, or one and a two, and then like a five, and that killed one, and then the other squad of three guys killed another one. Oh, Kev. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Dice games, so, man. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, again, the, the big sad. That does sound like the big sad. Um, but yeah, so we got to take out your new toy. Um, how did the, because I know you were talking about those new heavy, lo or locust heavy destroyers as being something you were interested in. Maybe not so much the Silent King was like the, the Danny kind of list, but how did those guys do for you? Uh, they were kind of cool. Um, so uh, I managed to rights of reanimator one back then. Um, so I got one back. <laughs> that that also feels almost, bad. Yeah. I, I almost reanimated one back too, and that would have been like really bad because I got uh, <laughs> three out of four or five pluses on him. And so I'm sure. So you just uh, took Kevin's Kevin dice rolls. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been it. Hell yeah. Um, and then they, but they, they killed, uh, I think they killed two bikers, um, uh, like the Outriders. And then the next turn, they shot the apothecary and killed him. That's pretty good. Yeah, the apothecary can be a real pain in the ass. So, oh, he is a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. Otherwise, you just scream at him. Any other takeaways <laughs> from that game? Uh, not for me. I think probably Kevin learned uh, a goodly amount. Uh, oh, I tried this thing uh, that uh, Chuck from Best in Faction kind of has been doing with his, and I don't usually do this because I don't really have armies that. When I get full rerolls, I like I usually like to try and just keep the hits that I get. I don't normally have like a two plus rerolling everything. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually a two plus rerolling ones, just because uh, I don't I don't normally have nice things. Um, but uh, what I did was uh, the Tesla is get plus one to hit, like with the Silent King from I Will Be Done, and then I just would take all the sixes put them aside and reroll all the dice anyway. So oh, dang. on twos. You're like fishing then, for sixes. Right. And then the sixes are three hits instead of two, instead of one. Um, 
And then I also pumped up the gauze immortals for the same thing where sixes were an extra hit and they did uh, an auto wound. And so I did the same thing on those and that was really devastating. I think I did 17 wounds to us to uh, one of the squads at once at one time. Dang. Just uh, fishing. Just yeah. Just that many, that many hits is really, really rough. Man, it is super cool. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, rough even is what you said. Though cool is how I interpreted it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was cool. It was rough for Kevin. <laughs> it was. Um, so after your guys' game, um, which yeah. uh, you guys headed over here, um, and that's going to bring us to a segment that's been often requested since we've last done one. So like, if I have the chance to use the music, we're just going to... Hi, everybody. It's time for John's Jank Corner. <laughs> Kevin played against my jank. Yep, he sure did. Um, yeah, so I, I have gone on a corn demon kick, as we can tell by like our corny Thanksgiving uh, and all the different things we're going to be doing. Um, just kind of as a backup army. Well, not even a backup army, I think, at this point, just because of the sheer time investment I have to put into it. it it's an army. It's an army army. Um, but no, just with uh, the upcoming Death Guard release. Uh, so I was playing really good with Death Guard, um, and then Forge World hit, which... Made me have to rebuild my army from scratch pretty much based on how I was playing them um, with the removal of a lot of the units that I was using. Um, and I didn't really feel like rebuilding my army to the new Forge World meta and then in a month rebuilding it again to the new Codex. So sure. I was like, well, I'll just try something else to keep going. So keeping with my Chaos theme, I decided to try Corn Demons. Uh, demons... Uh, People, chaos players, tell me uh, are unloved and never touched by GWs. So I figured I was fairly safe to start building an army. So, is there any particular like game reason that you were wanted to play corn demons over something or or demon army over something else, or just it seemed interesting to you? It seemed interesting, right? Because we we've talked about how like I'm trying to stick within the chaos sub faction. Like if we split everything into like four things, so mm -hmm. what plays differently? Because Death Guard plays in a very certain way. Um, the Chaos Space Marine stuff I have plays in a, like a different way. Um, so I wanted something that played differently, um, that the models were super cool for, um, mm -hmm. and that I could kind of, I really wanted to practice auras and have an army where I could kind of practice and, and get better at positioning and auras. Um, sure. Because that's a huge part of Chaos and Death Guard is those auras and those positioning. So anything I want to do is going to be in service of that. Um, and so I started building lists with that in mind and jokingly, okay. jokingly at first, um, like <laughs> skull altar, uh, isn't in the GT or the G the, yeah. the chapter approved, but it's in the app. So I went and bought one. I can't use it. Um, I think it'll be in the new demons book whenever that comes out. I feel like I'm I pretty sure it will be. be I think yeah. I have like a good six month head start in the skull altar meta that we're going to be bringing about. Um, <laughs> But it originally came from kind of like the meme idea of running just as many bloodthirsters as possible, which was like, right. I think we figured out seven was the max you can run this edition. Yeah, it's pretty much seven. Yeah. Um, and even then, one of those is if you roll a four plus on a relic to, to bring one back with D6 wounds, which is technically a new one. Uh, so it works. Yep, he is. And then I just kind of do the thing I usually do. Like I look at like... What seems bizarre, and I did that. Uh, so the army I ran against Kev, which was kind of like the the culmination of, of my little corn lists. Well, actually, I made it, and I kept adding skull crushers in, and then looking at how much the unit cost, 
and then taking them out. And I did this for like a week or two of just like, man, I want to run them because they look so cool. They look amazing. But every time I put down like seven or six skull crushers in the list and it comes up to like 250 points, I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel good about that, especially when I could take like 30 blood ladders. So it got to a point where it was like, why wouldn't I just take 30 blood ladders instead of everything? So the list I'm running is yeah. uh, four units of 30 blood ladders. So 120 blood ladders. Nice. Um, each has a musician, each has a standard, each of those standards you spend a CP to upgrade to Banner of Blood, uh, which means once a game you can do a 3d6 charge. Uh, very good. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was, I can't believe I was even considering not taking that, uh, because that is <laughs> so good. Um, and then to back it up, um, uh, the captain of Team Scotland Innes has been going on about Furies, uh, Chaos Furies, for the longest time, so I looked into those, and those guys are... Real good. Real good now. Um, yeah, I think they're good for their points for sure. They're very fast. They're little seven-point models come in units of five, uh, five to 20. Um, they move 12 inches. They have fly. Um, uh, with the mark of corn, they have three strength, five attacks. Um, so they can do stuff if they get there. Uh, they have the demon save, so who cares, like, you know, about any kind of minuses. So obviously the only sensible thing to do was to take three squads of 20. Um this is okay. where this yeah. is this is where my proxying came in um, because I did not have sixty furies. I think I have eighteen uh, at this point here. Um, That's pretty good though. That's a lot more than most people would have. <laughs> which is yeah. Um, so I, I I supplemented those with uh, Tyranid gargoyles and Imperial Fist tactical marines. <laughs> uh, so there's like real quality quality stuff going on. Um, and then uh, single battalion. So HQs are, I took uh, Skull Taker, uh, which nice. is one of the corn characters. And then the other one I took was Scarbrand, which was the nice. uh, named Bloodthirster that the, they have Who going. Who needs relics, John? I, well, see, that's the thing. I didn't realize that Skull Taker was a character. I thought oh, it was a yeah. title. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to take a Warlord Trainer Relic. And then I click on, like, how can I not choose anything? I'm like, oh, because I just took special characters the whole time. He's a dude. He's a dude. He's the man. He was a uh, pretty ineffective in, in my game, but that's just mainly because of how I used him. Um, okay. The the main way this list works is you start the game with very little CP because of all the banners of blood, um, mm-hmm. which takes up uh, four CP, and then you spend six CP to deep strike ninety blood or put ninety blood letters in reserve. So you're only starting on the table with 92 models, which is going to be the 60 Furies, a uh, unit of 30 blood letters, Scarbrand, and uh, Skull, uh, Skull Taker. And the idea is everything within eight inches of Scarbrand is immune to morale, so I don't have to care about yep. losing models. Um, everything within eight inches of Scarbrand can't run away from combat. So with the right positioning, I don't have to worry about you running away. Oh, you can run away, well, but you just have to leadership. pass yeah. the leadership on 3d6. Yep. Um, and then he also buffs their attacks. So with blood letters, like giving all of those an extra attack, plus an extra attack for the charge, that unit of 30 blood letters is getting 40 to 90 attacks in on the charge, um, which is yep. gross. Um, on and top, they're hitting on twos. And they're hitting on twos. Uh, and especially because they're over 30. And then if they fall below 30, uh, Skulltaker... Makes him hit on twos anyway, as long as he's within range. So again, I'm just trying to work on these like synergies and my positioning and kind of things for that there. Um, so Kev brought over his list to play against this. Um, I I knew he was going to be in a little bit of trouble when he sat blank, stared, looking at my army, trying to figure out secondaries. 
Because something I found out is it's a it's not the easiest army to take secondaries against. There's not a lot of For really sure. good options. Um, yep. Like he was going through his, like his death watch specific ones, and there's one where, like you pick three battlefield rolls, and if you kill all of those things, uh, you just get 15 points, which is great if I had like one elite choice or like one fast attack choice that he could use. But I, he would literally have to kill 180 models to to get that to happen. Um, right. And then, yeah. Yeah, it was, and because the majority of my army's objectives secured, uh, it means like a lot of the other ones are super risky too. We, For sure, yeah, and you don't want to push out too far either. No, exactly. Um, and he certainly didn't. Like after playing you, he played it a little cagier, um, but unfortunately, he didn't screen his deployment zone super well. So um, turn two drops. Um, I do nothing turn one, uh, as you would expect for an army that has like no psychic. The only shooting is Scarbrand yelling obnoxiously from the corner. Um, it as was, he just want to do. As, as he's one to do. It was mainly like turn one was just kind of positioning and moving stuff for the turn two charge. Um, mm-hmm. Turn one, Kev, I managed to hide Scarbrand a pretty while. So Scarbrand took six wounds overall from his entire army. Um, mm-hmm. I, I lost uh, one unit of 20 Furies. I think I lost like six Furies from another unit. But outside of that, everything else was pretty much untouched. Um, turn two, I was able to take 90 blood letters down uh, within nine inches of his army. Um, one of the units had to be a little further away because he had that. What's the uh, the, the, the thing? The Omni Scrambler. The Omni Scrambler. So he had to be. So I couldn't. The infiltrators. Yeah. I couldn't charge the infiltrators um, with that unit. Uh, but I was able to assault um, pretty much his entire army um, that turn. Uh, and then the attacks just started going. Scarbrand made his eight inch charge, so he charged turn two. Um, and I had no idea that guy fucks in combat. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a lot of attacks. So, like, I was like, well, there's a lot of guys in this. You saw so the the intercessors, or no, it was the incursors with the, the little Omni Scrambler because I was mad that I had to be far away, so that's who he charged and attacked. Yeah. Um, I did like 18 attacks to them. And then each of those attacks, I think I got like four sixes, which means he gets an additional attack. Yep. Uh, or an additional hit even. So he Just w- an extra hit, yeah. Yeah, so he wiped that squad uh, in one round before they came back. Brutal. Uh, and then he reached out and, and touched the uh, Inceptors, uh, which was key uh, to, to the whole thing. Um, the Blood Letters wiped out the Outriders uh, pretty much right away. They took him down to a man. Um, they took out the Tech Marine. Um the Tech Marine killed a few of my blood letters first, but I was able to kill myself out of combat with his Dreadnought so they couldn't swing in and hit. It was just a lot of really good dice rolling for me and a lot of pressure very early. Um, yep. And just pinned him in his deployment zone. And while he was pinned in his deployment zone, the Furies just kind of flew around making sure we I got my um, engage all fronts um, and, you know, making sure I'm on objectives and doing all that other kind of stuff. It... Like I said, I, it almost the army list almost worked too well. Like I don't want to take that game as a indication of how it goes because it's it's a really it's a glass hammer army. Um, sure. Because when he started swinging back and like he had a couple of his squads swinging back, uh, my stuff dies really quickly. It really does. Yeah. Turns I mean, out letters are only T three with a five plus save. I was gonna say it turns out like yeah three up five plus save or T three five up save guys are not super durable. Um, so it's really a positioning. It's really a counter charge. And then something else I, I didn't really even consider, I got to keep Scarbrand away from combat, which seems so counterintuitive to how he <laughs> should be played. 
Because, I mean, he has his two axes, which have, like, the souls of bloodthirsty. We're going to go into this later. It's fucking stupid. Okay. But, but one of them is for hordes. Like, you get two attacks for every attack you have in your profile. And mm -hmm. it does, like, one damage, minus two um, AP. And then the other one is for killing knights. Because you get, like, uh, was it strength 16, AP minus four, um, yep. just D6 damage a piece. I did some, like, test rolling after you guys left. And I was, like, literally killing a knight a turn. Um, just from like rolling through that. Um, but with all that, something Scarbrand does is he has a special rule where everyone within eight inches of him gets an extra attack. Yep. Um, friend or foe. So when I charge him into the middle of a Space Marine army, um, yeah, that's real bad. Like I lost a kind of dangerous man. I lost a lot of blood ladders because I charged into, and I'm glad that I didn't. You know, he didn't have more like specific. Lists. I can't even imagine charging into like Death Company or Wolfen or anything like that. But yeah, oh yeah, some of the real combat specialists aren't, charging yeah. in just to the regular guys, and they're starting with like four attacks base because they're getting plus one from being <laughs> uh, being charged, plus one from Scarbrand. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. So that was like a really big takeaway for me is the big combat monster has to literally hide in a ruin within eight inches of all the other squads. But I've trained for this. I played my Plague Bearer spam. I know how to chain <laughs> shit back to keep my buffs going. Um, yeah. And he's, he's the true, like, kind of fuck around and find out. Because I mean, he's going to stay in midfield. <laughs> and you can go and try and take midfield, but I guarantee if you do, you're going to die. It's like, going to hurt. I can't think of many things that can survive him. Um, so that's yeah, kind of nice. Skull Taker, um, I think I'm going to play him differently next time. Um, I was a little disappointed with him, um, but mainly that's just because of how I used him. Like, I couldn't really move him because I needed to get engaged all fronts. Um, mm -hmm. So he had to kind of anchor down that back corner. Um, but at the same time, he's too good not to take, I, I think. Um, yeah. And especially because, again, in this fuck around and find out kind of thing, you don't want to leave characters near him or you don't want to put stuff near him. So I have... Like, if, even if Skulltaker is just guarding my deployment zone, you really don't want to go down beside him. Uh, so, so there's that kind of... He's a, I mean, he's kind of... He's tough and... Like, well, not tough, but he, he hits pretty hard, he especially hits pretty, if you're a character. Yeah, and if you're a character, like, if he rolls a six to wounds, it's like, uh, was it D3 plus three uh, mm -hmm. wounds? Which is just... It can get super gross super quick. And um, he's like flat three too, right? Yeah. For yeah, his yeah uh, pretty he, he, he's pretty gross and like so it's i i understand now like i have these great combat monster characters and i think this is just corn in general at this point is you have all of these combat monsters but you don't want to be super aggressive with them um i think danny you brought up the point of something to do is just kind of hang around and wait for people to come to you yeah. um yeah that's fine as a thing to like do you don't have to play it as aggressively as you would think a corner army has to play all the time right right because you can uh uh if if your opponent doesn't have the range threat to actually remove you off of objectives you can just play the long game and just clog up the middle of the table with 180 bodies and just or 150 bodies no 180 right? 180 yeah 180 bodies and just say okay like come get me good luck and like years of playing orcs and then plague bearer spam and, and kind of poxwalker spam means that when models die, I don't really care. Like I'm kind right. of they, they've served, and that's what generally when playing hordes, that's what like people stumble on is they start caring too much when models die, and really you can't because then you start panicking and your game plan changes. But yeah, they're they're there to be expanded. Um, mm -hmm. 
So that ended up, um, I think, 85-19 to me. Um, just because I moved forward so quickly, I was able to put him in his deployment zone. And board control is so important in this game. I think we were talking earlier about how Engine War was a really kind of not the best supplement for demons. Like, it didn't give them a whole lot. But mm -hmm. ninth edition has given them so much. Um, they have amazing yeah. objectives secured. They have great board control. They have so many options. Like I'm saying, I'm spending six CP to deep strike stuff. If I don't want to, I don't have to. Like, and I can make that decision at the table, which is like those kind yep. of flexibilities are huge. Um, and I think it's why we're seeing so much success with demons recently. Demons are a great army. They're one of the top four armies as far as win rate goes across, like, uh, uh, just according to 40k stats, like, they, they do incredibly well for win percentage. Um, and that, like you were saying, man, the uh, the troops' choices they have, like, especially horrors, that kind of stuff, the plague bearers, they can just hold objectives, are amazing at doing that. Yeah. And, and the big... It's like, what are you going to do? Nerglings, right? Yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? If, like, go to clear blood letters off an objective, are you going to go within charge range of them? <laughs> You are you going to gonna charge sure? them? Yeah, it's like it's like you have to make some really difficult decisions. Um, but I'm excited, honestly, to play Cavagam with yeah, this list. Me too. Because I mean, as much as like it's jank, it's real gotcha jank. Like no one expects um, it to be as fast or as brutal as it can be. Um, so I think like, he learned some real cool lessons about hordes because I don't know like how many hordes he's played before um, about kind of how they play. And, and yeah, kind of, probably not many, I would say. Right. Um, so I, I think it's a good learning experience. And that's something that you absolutely have to know how to do. And like against that kind of an army, screening is 100% of the battle. Like right. If you can screen out right, then you can prevent so much stuff and so many shenanigans. And it's just going to make the game better for you. I mean, something you pointed out to him after the game was, was something he could have done against me. It was kind of throwing up roadblocks to kind of slow me down. Because yep. uh, something like that... Um, 90% of my army was in combat turn two. Uh, but something Danny pointed out is if he sent out units to specifically die. And I think this comes from the fact like Danny, like you from playing kind of original Warhammer fantasy and playing horde armies is you have to be okay, like sacrificing shit and kind of throwing Absolutely. stuff out there. Yep. So if he'd done that and thrown that unit out, then of course I'm going to charge him. But what can I do after that? I can consolidate three inches towards him, but that's going to really right. kind of slow my momentum. Um, and then just make sure your units are more than spaced more than three inches apart as well. So like when you kill the Spectre's kill team and consolidate into the Inceptors, like that doesn't happen anymore. No. And really what won me that game, um, was turn three. Um, he like did all of his like space marine shenanigan power ups to his, uh, dreadnoughts. He was ready to go. Like Scarbrand was going to eat like venerable Laz cannon and a bunch of heavy onslaught Gatling cannons. And he right. went to retreat from combat with the Inceptors, and uh, he failed his leadership test. Ugh. So now his entire army is locked in combat. Those that can shoot, cool, you can shoot Furies with last cannons. Um, that's fine. Um, so it's kind of like really clutch there. Um, but for my jank, like Blood Letters, not easy enough to play, but you know what you're going to do with them. Uh, Furies, I know what I'm going to do with them. The real practice for me and where this army is going to just be hugely successful or fail awfully is how disciplined I can be with Scarbrand and when to move Scarbrand, when to deep strike him, uh, when to charge him, when to fall back, when to run away. 
Um, and I know for me, that's going to be really hard because there's going to be like, Danny, if you know how I play, the first thing you're going to do is throw out some juicy giant ass target for Scarbrand to charge into. <laughs> You'd be like, oh no, he died, but now he's in the middle of the table and you know. Mm, and now he's tasty pickings. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's like the glass hammer part for me because like it's really some just honest to God, like holding myself back and making the right decisions with that one model. It's crazy. That one model will affect the rest of my army so much. So I guess if you play yeah. me, um, shoot Scarbrand uh, and just kill him outright. Seems like good advice. Yeah, it is. Um, we will be right back after this message from a sponsor. Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings. And the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're gonna have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings, are you the best? Every time I don't understand why there's an overdub for one line of dialogue for like a 55 second commercial. I think they just did the us thing and we're like, fuck it. It's good enough. We'll just add it in later. <laughs> we'll get it in post. We'll get it in post. But yeah, it was an actual ad for a sponsor. Uh, way to go, Best Coast Pairings. Thank you. Yeah, um, you did it. Danny, did you do any hobby stuff this past couple of weeks? We kind of went right into the game and didn't really talk about the what really makes us a hybrid podcast. And that's the hobby aspect of it. Oh yeah, sure. Um, let's see. What did I do? Um, oh, I worked on the Silent King a little bit. I uh, built some more heavy destroyers because um, I didn't have all the right ones built. So I mean, I bought six, so I might as well, you know, have three of each. I think is just how I'm going to build them. That's fair, right? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I built ten immortals today. Actually, uh, I finished them. Um, cause I, I have 30 Tesla immortals, but I have no Goss immortals. So, um, it was good to do that. I primed all of my scarabs. Um, cause th as the most integral part of my army list, uh, I can't imagine not having a bunch of those all the time. So I got to get cracking on painting those guys. God, I hate them so much. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, every, uh, hobby front has been going pretty good. Oh, I built, uh, that limited edition Terminator chaplain that came out. Oh yeah, uh, Warhammer Day. How was that? Yeah. Uh, he's a push fit model. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, he's really cool. He's a great model. Nice. Um, so, how about you, John? What did you do? I made Furies. Um, so yeah. I built the eighteen that I have. Um, and then I started looking for ways to um kind of get the other. Uh, 42 <laughs> so i think like during the game like before the game started I, I said to you and kev i'm like i really hope these guys are really shit for this game because i do <laughs> not want to spend 250 bucks on like seven more boxes of furies 
Yeah, that's fair. Luckily, uh, Innes came through again and said to just use the Raptorix and no one will know the difference. And I think it turns out pretty cool. So only next day I have to buy two more boxes of Furies, which I have on the way. Um, and so if Innes told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it? I mean, he's technically the captain of Team Scotland. And even though it's for like a league I don't recognize or play in, I think legally I'm required to. Otherwise, I have to turn in all my models. Um, that sounds correct. As a citizen of Scotland, he, has <laughs> yeah, over you. he does. Uh, until I get that U.S. Uh, citizenship, then I, I, I'm forced to do what he says. Um, <laughs> and then I'm just beholden to Nick Nanavati. Um, Brick Bananavati? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cappuccino Grandi Latte. Um, so <laughs> I built the Raptorix from... And so Furies come from the Warcry Chaotic Beast box. And it's like a two-pack with six Furies and six Raptorix. Um, Raptorix are like little Zinch flash hounds, pretty much. They're little skinny, um, yeah. collared things. So I converted them, I guess. I just didn't put the collar on. Uh, so they almost look like uh, Slanesh Seekers um, with wings. And then uh, put them on 32-millimeter bases. And then I ordered a bunch of clear plastic rod. And then I'm just going to have them in various swooping flight angles to kind of fly all over the place. Um, and then all for your models. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Those plastic rods. It's, you know, like, I mean, you, you order a lot of clear plastic rod from, uh, <laughs> from what I understand. It's our main sponsor. It's how we pay for the place. <laughs> it's our only fans that gets the hosting done. That's true. Um, so like that is to have Sorry, them all like Patreons. swooping and flying about and everything. And, and the nice thing is I can lie and say, I'm not being cheap. I'm just trying to get uh, some unit differentiation. So I'll have like one unit of like pure furies, uh, one unit of Raptorix Furies and then one mixed mongrel unit, um, which cool. will be the one that hangs in my deployment zone. But that way, you know, it, it's really easy to tell what they are because there's only three different sculpts of Furies. Um, so 60 of them, and it would be kind of boring to have, well, this is the one perched. Uh, so that's from unit A. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't like that. That doesn't seem very cool. Um, yeah. I gathered and collated 120 blood letters or i'm sorry 117 because i found i was three blood letters short of the 120 and i was so pissed about it holy cow like luckily danny you came through and found like three or four but can i tell you the idea of having to buy a box of 10 blood letters oh yeah that's the worst because i'm missing three uh, really just depressed the hell out of me. So I got I'm those. I'm sure I have more too. So if I find some little extras, then you can run 125. Okay, oh, good, good. The perfect amount is the 125. Um, so yeah, I got all the corn stuff together. Um, I very professionally put them all in gallon Ziploc bags. And when like Kevin asked me what my army was, I just threw Ziploc bags on the table. I'm like, it's there. Um, it's it's all great. And yeah, that's about all I did. I. I ordered, uh, like I said, some my last of my Furies so I can get all that going and I can get to painting, which is going to be the, the giant pain in the ass. Holy cow. Um, 180 models. Yeah. Um, but I think if I was actually going to LVO at this point, this is what I would take because it seems to be the, nice. the most fun one. Oh, I picked up a um, battle foam case. Oh, I sure yeah. Did. I, I did, That's I, pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't take advantage of their uh, annual Black Friday sale. Um, I bought it off another player. And... Um, and wonderfully enough, as my son runs downstairs here. Okay, and now he is away. Um, but it's also, you know, it's that's about all I want to say about corn. Uh, well, not really, because we also have the return of another old favorite. Again, oh, yeah. oft requested. 
the worst character in Warhammer 40,000 ever. <laughs> oh man, continuing our, uh, I almost forget how long the flush is. Um, so this is our worst character ever, but some caveats. I don't have the list in front of me. Um, I don't know where he's going to rank. Uh, it's pretty much top five guaranteed at this point, just because they're reading it. And he gets the, the bump from the, 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 the Matt Ward Grimdark era, which everyone seems so obsessed to return back to. But I think this he will take out, uh, well, I mean, I think he's going to take out, what is his name? Uh, Anva. I think Anva is number five. Anva right is five. Yeah. This guy's okay. So spoilers, this guy's definitely going to end up at five just because good God. Uh, continuing our very corny Thanksgiving episode, um, our worst character contender for this week is, man, see, that wasn't even a sound effect. That was my hands on a table. Uh, it's Scarbrand. No, it's oh, okay. Scarbrand. No, that's Karenak. Wait, is... no, it's Skulltaker? <laughs> These are all great choices that can come up. Corn <laughs> um, characters uh, seem to be very difficult to make interesting backstories that don't seem to be the part-time hot topic uh, employee's uh, journal notebook. Kabanda? Kabanda? Yeah. Are you having a stroke? Are you okay? <laughs> no, no, no. The the named blood bloodthirster the one that's uh sanguineous broke his back oh yeah it's like a vendetta against the blood angels i think it's batman um right because that's oh no it's a bad joke we're just gonna edit that out not really i don't (laughs) have enough to do no no it's not (laughs) bait um so yeah scarbrand is the most famed of the named bloodthirsters because he has his own character uh, he has many names, as all good people do. Uh, he's the best custodian. Uh, he is known as the Exiled One, the Wrathful Reaper, Drinker of Blood. All of these Swedish metal bands, by the way, that you can and should look up. Um, Wrathful Reaper. <laughs> he just takes all of his titles from Swedish band, metal band names. <laughs> yeah. What's? I am Scarbrand, the Guar. Um, <laughs> the Guar. <laughs> um, so... And, and here's where sort of my issue with it begins. It's called an eternity of battle in the blood god's name brought him uncounted victories. False. How can it be an eternity? Eternity is endless. I mean, well, are we going for the old time works differently in the warp kind of way? I mean, I guess that that's, that's the only thing I can think of why that would make sense. And he's just an asshole. Uh, he tore down the gates of Slanesh's palace. Doesn't do anything within it. Just tore down the gates, left it wide open to That's whoever the up. hell wants to go in there. Um, he uh, <laughs> he's fucked pal- up the Slanesh's ring. Yeah, like his doorbell, his doorbell camera. Oh yeah, yeah. Just Slanesh is really upset about it. Like because he, he ding dong dashed you know. Slanesh. <laughs> left a exactly flaming bag of bloody poop on the doorstep. Um, but corn, corn loved him. So it was his greatest, uh, it was his greatest uh, bloodthirster, his axes. Now let's talk about his axes. He has two, uh, slaughter and carnage, right? slaughter and name. carnage, uh, yeah, pending a lawsuit from Marvel. Um, <laughs> cause I'm assuming they're Maximum symbiotes, carnage. but each of the axes contains, um, essentially a bloodthirster, um, that he's bested in combat. So he's, I guess, three bloodthirsters? Or, or I get... It's, I mean, he's like one and a half. I don't know. Because the they, bloodthirster is in the axe. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. How good can they really be if they're in an axe? Um, so he just, he spent eternity, and we're going to use that term because it's forever, uh, uh, kicking ass, taking names, trapping his friends inside of inanimate objects, uh, breaking gates, doing all other kind of bad stuff. So he must be like pretty like a rage and fuel corn person. No, no, uh, he got tricked by Zinch, which when wow. when you think bloodthirster, um, how how do you get tricked? Like like what would you have to do to trick someone who literally just screams and murders? Well, he, John, that's a great question, and here's how I would do it. I would take a Ziploc bag <laughs> full of blood and put a straw in it, and just kind of <laughs> shake it in front of him. And then go, oh, come follow me. And then like kind of like walk, not fast, but like, you know, at a at a steady clip to the place I wanted him to go. That's fair. That's fair. Uh no, Zinch managed to convince him that he should kick Korn's ass. Which <laughs> it's, I don't that's what I don't get. Okay. So the greater demons are supposed to be like tiny little shard slivers, essences of giant gods themselves, right? So sure. how fucking arrogant do you have to be to be like, yeah, I can take on something a billion times bigger than me uh, and stronger and angrier than me. Pretty arrogant, I would have to say. So anyway, like they describe how um, one day Corn was paying attention somewhere else. So he's like, I don't know, looking off the veranda into the distance and, you know, seeing how his vineyards are doing. I don't know what Corn does in his off time. And Scarbrand, sure. like sneaks up looney tune style behind him with his like two axes and he just he, like puts a one up to his lips and goes, Shh. <laughs> he turns to camera and shushes really quick <laughs> and he does like this mighty blow with both of his uh friend axes um and this blow would be enough to i think nuclearize or destroy an entire planet but what it did was slightly scar corn's armor which i found it Corn is a god. Wears armor. Good for him. Yeah. Um, it's more aesthetic than like, functional. I think. <laughs> well, apparently, it's very functional because it like completely blocked this blow. So imagine well, if you he's will, a god. So you're you're corn. You're looking out on your veranda. It's the Catalina wine mixer. You're enjoying the view. <laughs> then all of a sudden, one of your punk little two year old kids runs up behind you and just punches you in the balls, like just Ooh. real uppercut into there. That's sort of what happened here. Uh, and of course, Corn, being the god of rage, bloodlust, skulls, all this stuff, took it real well. Um, no, he didn't. Here's he where it did. gets... Well, I heard that they went to mediation with HR. <laughs> and there was... <laughs> um, they, they, they settled their dispute in a win-win-win scenario. So a couple of things happened here. Um, one, Corn choked out Scarbrand. This is problematic for a couple reasons, uh, mainly that demons don't breathe. So I can imagine Scarbrand pinned against a wall, and again, corn giant god of war, so I'm imagining like he's just got his pinky and thumb, just pushing him up against the wall and just screaming in his face. And Scarbrand's like, oh, I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't breathe. This does nothing. Yeah, throwing gang signs all out of there. No, he's like jerking it like a micro dick. Like that, that's, is, that is not a gang sign. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gang bang sign. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but he choked him so hard, not so that he died. He choked him to the point where his uh, 
personality left him. So I'm guessing before this, Scarbrand was like life at the party, telling jokes, like showing up and just kind of like, everyone's like, hey, it's Scarbrand. He's like, what up, guys? He's just like the nicest guy. Um, uh, he, and then after he got a TBI, it was all different for oh, him. Oh, yeah. Personality changed. Choked all the personality with him, leaving only rage, which again, he's a bloodthirster. Like, this must be a pretty weak choke because what are you choking out? Like anger and rage. Oh no, I'm not angry anymore. I'm just maybe words. Oh, fair. Yeah. Maybe he choked the words out of him. But anyway, after doing that, he climbs to the very top of the brass citadel, um, winds up the shot and then kind of throws Scarband like away far. Um, Scarbrand flies through the the realm of chaos for eight days. Um, Which time is meaningless in the realm of chaos, guys. Like, we've established he's been fighting for an eternity. So it, what does eight days matter? So, I mean, I guess in perspective, eight days really isn't that much. Because if he's fighting for an eternity, like maybe that's like demon time for like five seconds. He's just like really maybe. quickly like smacked into a wall. Regardless, if we, maybe it's a million years. Who if, knows? If we, because time is meaningless in the place he was thrown, we can only assume it's going to be like that part of Wayne's World where they're falling and they just stop screaming and they're like, "Okay, what do we do now?" Like <laughs> at what point, like a part of it, Scarbrand's going to have to take bathroom breaks because if we live in a reality where Scarbrand can be choked out like a bitch, I would assume he has yeah. to go pee. Um, well, maybe wait, he. Hold on, let's think about this. Okay. All right, if. You are being thrown through the air and you're flying for eight days. You got to go sure. to the bathroom. I mean, you just let rip, right? And that just kind of falls behind you as some kind of like the trail of your magic comet. <laughs> yeah. There's some observer in Terra looking up to the sky and taking this brown comet as a sign of, <laughs> of like an emperor's ascension coming where really... It's just Scarbrand, like, angrily shitting himself through space and time. That's a Doctor Who episode I'd watch. Um, Me too. So, after eight days, probably has some screaming breaks, probably takes a nap. Um, He he gets smacked into the ground, um, which actually only just, um, it gouges a canyon in the landscape. He gets thrown down so hard. So there's how your Grand Canyon happens because he's thrown through space and time and no one can tell me otherwise that he isn't responsible for the formation of the Grand Canyon. Um, but all it does is it, up. It, it fucks up his wings. So he loses his wings. Um, so he can be choked by a literal... He's homeless. What's that? Oh, he's homeless. Yeah, he's yeah. Homeless. His, his dad kicked him out. But he yeah. can be choked out even though he can't breathe. He can be thrown for eight days, but all that happens is his wings get broken. Um, so after this, he picks himself up and he very delicately binds his wings together with some chains that he probably found at like a local Home Depot or something that's kind of around the corner or there. Um, Corn Depot. Corn, de- <laughs> Corn Depot. That's actually pretty bad. Um, <laughs> so and he's frozen in the moment of that. So that's kind of where he returns to every time is like you know how like when demons get killed they go away and then they come back again apparently he always goes back to the moment he picks himself off the ground after being thrown out by corn which you know that part's actually pretty metal i can understand that that would be pretty cool 
if it wasn't for the fact that he was thrown for a length of time where time is meaningless. And also he was choked when he can't breathe. Right. Um, oh, also, also fun fact about him. So if you're Scarbrand, you listen to Zinch um, and you try and kill your goddad and you fail horribly and it turns out it's just part of a, a Zinch scheme. Why would you instantly then team up with Zinch Greater Demons? He remember John. He he has no personality left. He doesn't. He probably doesn't even remember that that TBI really took a lot of his life away. He doesn't know who his kids are. He doesn't remember <laughs> what his job is like. He tastes. He has. He lost his sense of taste and smell. Oh probably. man! Oh man! He got the Rona. <laughs> That's what it was. He got canyoned. So yep. now, yeah, Scarbrand is like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day where he just wakes up screaming and gets summoned into real space, goes murders a bunch of things, gets murdered, and then gets sent right back to, like, a crater that's formed to wake up screaming again. Um, Not knowing his name, I would assume, because he lost all his... Well, he still has memory. How do you have memory without personality? Oh, no. We'll ask someone. You know, I like my narrative here of him just really having having had a a significant impact to his head. He had like eight concussions with corn. (laughs) He's like that guy from that football movie where like if he gets one more concussion, he's going to die. Um, But he can't die. But there's many things Scarbrand can do. Uh, So he is quite terrible. Um, Again, this is for everyone who asks for GW to return to the grimdark, this is what you're asking for. It's like this level of sense and storytelling where things are just grimdark for the sake of being grimdark. Um, <laughs> where they're like, man, we'll say an eternity because that's cool. And then we'll say eight days because that sounds long. And I'm like, hey, buddy, you just said in a, you know. <sighs> Danny, what have you got to add about Scarbrand? It just makes me angry, which I guess works for the model and the army line that he's a part of. Well, and so let's talk about how, so <laughs> remember how we talked about how if you are, if you, you know, you set up the avatar of Kane as an easy, like, boss to beat. He's like first boss battle. Yeah. So if you want to show how badass your, you know, your, your character and your story is, he killed the avatar of Kane. Well, Scarbrand got, got defeated by an avatar of Kane. <laughs> Wait, warp. Yeah. Oh, no. When did when when Baltan shattered, uh, he came through a corrupted webway, but the avatar of Baltan fucking vanished his ass. And that avatar didn't the avatar like get like yanked when the uh, the Yunari came in? Well, that was during that. Uh, oh man, I think it was during that, that thing. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the avatar probably died, but he killed he killed Scarbrand too. I really wish I had like our listings in front of us for like what our top five is currently, because at this point I'm thinking five is too low when he literally got killed by the dick measuring stick for space Marines. (laughs) That's really bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad, man. Pretty bad. Well, he's at least fifth. Um, Yeah. And and fact checking side, if you want to let us know where you would put him, we'll probably listen to you. We're putting a lot of effort into this here. Um, I yeah, love so our rankings are. Uh, what was that? What was that sergeant? What was his name again? Oh, Lawmore Man, Sergeant Lawmore Man, uh, Thaddeus. So Thaddeus yeah, yeah. is one. Uh, the second Thaddeus one, is one. Thazar. Thazar, Necron Pirate Extraordinaire. Um, mm-hmm. Then after that, it is. 
Drago. Drago. And then is it the two Tau guys? Is it... Um, no. Dude, you're forgetting about Kato Sicarius. Kato Sicarius is four. And then five yeah. is uh, Anva. Man, yeah. he's a solid... Okay, here's what I, I, I say. He, he is uh, worse than Kato Sicarius. Ooh. Because Kato um, Sicarius is bad. But he yeah. he at least makes sense as a character. <laughs> <laughs> if if we measure this an amount of avatars of Kane destroyed, um like like as the measuring stick, uh he would still be he'd be worse. Yeah, okay, so Dante uh Dante, Blood Angels Dante, uh cut him in half. Scarbrand. Um, Scarbrand. Yeah. He cut Scarbrand in half. Yep. Oof. Um let's see here. He uh he would have killed Gulliman. Um, but Gulliman got saved by an Emperor's Champion from the Black Templars. Okay. Um, I don't know. So that's 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 kind of cool. And that artwork for that fight is really rad. Like his artwork is great. The model is amazing. It's, it's so just cool. and like I said, it's like when people ask to return to Grimdark and they wish 40k was more Grimdark. This is the kind of story that's Grimdark, like traditional Grimdark styling. Like not giving like because it's a Matt Ward creation, not giving him shit because I'm, I'm sure, sure yeah. he was following like an mo and like a editorial like directive to go this way and to do these things. Um, but Jesus Christ, yeah, John, I'm torn. I think it should be a tie for fifth place for between Kato Sicarius and Scarbrand. So we I have can't like think of which one is worth. It's hard for me to decide. So we have tied fourth between Kato and Scarbrand. That's fine. We can do that. I think we'll do that there. So I'm just going back over here. Um, you know what? How about this? Let's 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 let the fans decide. Oh yeah, yeah. You let us know who is worse, Kato Sicarius or Scarbrand. Um, yes. Man, it's just it's so much defeats right here. I'm just kind of going through this here. B in B in. He gets his ass kicked all the time. B in, uh, B in. And then apparently, since the rift opened, he's moved erratically through the galaxy, probably avoiding all the Space Marine characters who seem to one-shot him. <laughs> and avatars of Kane. Like he just shows up on a planet, and they're like, "Oh, wait, there's Space Marines here. No, I should probably leave." This seems dangerous. <laughs> this seems like a bad time for me. Um, but yeah, yeah. So right now we have him joined fourth with Kiddos Carius. One's gonna be fourth. One's gonna be fifth. It's the kind of tiebreaker you guys dream for. Not the first worst or the second worst, but the, the kind of bottom of the barrel shit, which is what you guys are used to uh, listening to this podcast. Yep. Um, grown accustomed to You it. have grown accustomed to it. Let us know who's worse, Kiddos Carius or Scarbrand. Hopefully both have their very vocal supporters that still comment on fucking Kato videos four months after I've made them. Um, we're going to be right back. <laughs> The worst character in Warhammer 40,000 ever. Oh, good job passing off the responsibility to others. Enjoy that. We should do that more. And then if we don't agree with them, we'll just we'll make it up and say that people voted for it. It's fantastic. It's the perfect crime, John. Um, decadence and decay. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, let me pull it up. Not not just mind. another uh, Swedish metal band uh, that have come out, uh, but it was the the big Warhammer preview that came out last week, uh, focusing mainly not not so much on 40k, and we got a little roadmap of how it's going to go 
uh, and kind of what's coming up in the future mm. and a couple of surprises in there, Danny. I know. Yeah, it was pretty sur- I was happily surprised. Right. Drew Carey. Who, who thought Drew Carey would be the um, first non-Space Marine Codex so to come we out? Have, I had no idea. I did. I couldn't. I wouldn't have called that. From no. Like a million to one shot. Like we could have got a, an email from GW saying they were sending us a Drew Carey Codex, and I wouldn't have believed it. Like that's how unlikely it is. I would have been like, "What?" I think what's nice is they are one of the factions that got screwed over the most by the ninth edition changes. Um, like especially like how yep. they were played before, where you wanted to run lots and lots of little patrols. Now it's like you can still do that, but you could buy all your CP, try vecting yeah. shit when you have to take like pay for all of this stuff. And they're like a little pillow fisted too. So like the news that they're just gonna like be increasing their strength and ap and attacks are all really good signs i think that's a really great change for them i'm very excited about that dark angels coming too in january uh the codex cover came out sadly i was very wrong that we weren't getting the primark with them because all i was like was like why are they hiding the cover uh, but sadly it's just because it's so they can put yeah. cool cover art up the cover art is awesome though i love the hood oh for sure for sure so those are our january codexes coming uh, and then Death Guard is coming in a couple weeks here, I would assume, or maybe even the week after next. Uh, and then along so. with that book, another Crusade supplement, which Danny puts us in a bind uh, of which one we're going to use for our Crusade campaign. Because uh, we have your Pariah Nexus one and then my uh, Smelly Fart, Ill Boggles, or whatever this one's called. You know, and we can switch off between them too. Yeah, like that might be yeah. that might be a kind of a cool thing to do. Let's forge your narrative on it, uh, and then right. also uh, sending shockwaves around the internet and and leading people to massively overestimate what it is. Uh, we have our first ninth edition full supplement. Yeah, the uh, uh, the Act One of the Book of Rust, uh, which is Warzone Chardon. Yep. Uh, which has rules for Admech, uh, Death Guard, and Knights, I want to say. Imperial and, Knights. Knights and Drukari. And Drukari. Uh, so that, I think that gives us a little roadmap about what we're going to see February, March time. Because uh, we're going to probably see all of those come out fairly close together, especially with Admech's giant model release last year. Um, I, know, I, yeah. I would imagine they would be fairly close around the corner. Um, what are your thoughts about seeing a supplement so... I mean, soon into the edition is the wrong word, but it is fairly uh, recent. So I, okay. So first of all, I wonder, right? Like with them releasing the Death Guard Codex before they release this new Warzone book. Right. What are they, what are they trying to do? I guess like what, why, why didn't those rules make it into uh, the Death Guard Codex proper? Like, so it kind of feels, I don't know. I, I get, I, it's fine. It's totally fine. Like that Andrew Kari, right? Cause both of those right. are probably getting codexes before this book comes out. I you know, assume. I think what happened, like speaking to our sources, just to make us sound all kind of mysterious, we were, yeah, okay. we were kind of, we were kind of told that the death guard book was just okay. Like it wasn't going to be like super overpowered. Um, it wasn't going to be bad. It was going to be very whelming. Um, so maybe this is something they're doing as a way to kind of fix on the fly of kind of, okay, so the Death Guard book isn't necessarily measuring up or playing how they wanted to, but they've already finalized the print and sent it off to the printers. Really? Um, and throwing out supplements like this to kind of fill it up. I know people are pissy that they have to carry a whole extra book, um, to which I would say get over it. It's the size of a DVD case. 
Um, but well, that's just me. If, if you're going to be taking this to like taking the rules from the book in your army. Yeah. Cause you're not going to be required to take this stuff. Probably. I mean, I don't know. No. Um, but yeah, so very exciting to, to actually get like that supplement. I'm interested to see it. I think we talked about it um, where we should be having a review coming up next week of the blood angels book. It's uh, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving in America. So uh, we won't be getting it up before the, uh, before the actual pre-order goes up. But both Danny and I are very excited for the death guard book. Cause it's going to show us the direction of three or four different factions um, and kind of sure. how chaos is going to play in ninth edition. Because if you look at historically the death guard book for like the one edition it's been about, but or historically chaos books, um, they've had the rules for demons in the books with them. Yeah. So we're going to see what the roadmap is for demons uh, is going to be. And even how, for how they treat, thousand sons because we've started to see like arcana astartes and bubonic astartes kind of going around Mm -hmm. um so i thought we're going to see some more with the forge world book we didn't see as much then Uh, but i think there's going to be a lot of cool hidden things in the uh in the death guard book and hopefully danny you'll find some stuff like you found the the early rules for um whatever you call your vehicle wounding rule for necrons oh quantum shielding quantum shielding uh, your your eagle eye uh, caught that in the in the crusade book, so hopefully we're gonna get some stuff in that death guard book. That'd be dope. I would really like that. That'd be super dope. What else did you see from that preview that you're super excited about? Um, let's see here. So I liked uh, first of all, I liked the new pre- rules preview that they had for the incubi. Uh, they seemed very good uh, at three attacks apiece and two flat damage on their clave. I really like that. Was, I thought that was super solid. Sort of like a real reason um, to take Incubi again, huh? <laughs> I think they're going to be scary, man. They're at least strength five all the time. So, uh, yeah, watch out for those guys. Uh, I also liked uh, the Dark Angels said that, or they, they said that they would be getting, uh, if you take Deathwing Vanguard or Ravenwing Outrider, they'll get Obsec. I thought that was pretty cool and fluffy. Yep. Uh, the, the new, uh, Van Sar models look super cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the goblin gliders. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I might steal some of those and maybe make, try and make some Necron stuff out of them. I could see them, them them kind of fitting kind of cool with that aesthetic. Um, yeah. Almost like a cryptic writing. One of those things would be pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be super cool. Uh, tree beard looks dope. The new plastic tree. Oh beard. my god! Okay, forty k podcast. But that pl- if that's plastic, that's amazing. That model, it's super good. Yeah, it is plastic. Yeah, that's sure. like the amount, the quality on that is just great. I mean, I wish they would use the plastic injection machines for like more Death Guard stuff, but. <laughs> um, and then the uh, the new Slanesh like warriors models are gonna look really cool at a bunch of different stuff. So. I hope that they can bring some of that aesthetic to 40k for the Slanesh models. Well, I thought what was Whatever really cool is, is there is um, a lot of conversion potential for all the models they've shown. Um, yeah. So Sigvald, um, the big chaos character, uh, the Prince of Slanesh, he's going to come up in a bunch of different conversions in 40k. Um, the Vansar stuff is going to come up in a bunch of different conversions. Um, as is the Chaos Warriors. Like, there's a lot of really good bases for 40k models in there. Um, and sure. I'm really excited to kind of see what's going to come out. 
Me too. I'm very excited. Uh, they, uh, the models look phenomenal. I'm very, I'm, ve I'm very excited to see where stuff is going. Um, uh, like the modeling just keeps getting better and better and better and better. So, uh, very happy. Awesome. But yeah, it was a very low key preview. I would say, um, uh, people yeah. seems a little upset about it, but those same people have kind of forgotten that 40k has been nonstop for the past six months. Yeah, no joke. And uh, it's time for some people to get some, some love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we will be right back ish, probably. Do you like cookies sure. but want something more British? Buy biscuits, not like those you have for gravy, British biscuits for dunking in your British tea. Stiff upper lip guaranteed. Biscuits, as recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. And we're back to round things up and finish stuff off. A um, couple of like, housekeeping things. Uh, we did have like a little three-man round-robin RTT plan for December or January. Hopefully that's something that can still happen. Um, again, that'll be safety-dependent, but it's going to be yep. Danny and his... What army are you playing? Uh, Necrons, probably like cool. 80% Necrons. So, yeah, 20% Tau. <laughs> Wrong addition. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be Danny's Necrons, uh, with my corn demons, um, against Kev's Death Watch and Taylor, who's been on the show before, his whatever the hell he's like overexcited about that week. Um, yeah, he, he's very enthusiastic. Uh, but it'll be a one day, maybe, or over a few days. But the whole idea is three games, everyone plays everyone, winner takes nothing. And we're very excited about it because it's almost like a real tournament. Um, my very list isn't going to change, Danny. I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh, oh, yeah. Because I, 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 fuck, I need those 10 points. I need those 10 painted points. So I have to <laughs> get to painting all of this crap and the only thing corn i have fully painted is a bloodthirster that i'm not taking so i'm very excited about that oh i finished a bloodthirster this week too that's what else i did oh yeah you did that kind of looks great thanks yeah yeah it's all it's all contrast fun um what else you got to plug before before we get going and, and skedaddle uh nothing really uh, oh other than our patreons and how awesome they are hell um, yeah thanks for supporting us guys yeah thank you for supporting us thank you for being awesome and just providing great conversation in our discord um, our patreon mm -hmm. exclusive discord um a lot of great guys and man we had a beautiful um void dragon model uh that got oh, finished yeah. up and put in there today um yeah. my death card still put to shame by the death card that's put in there um, and then Wingo's throwing out some great knights, um, just throwing yeah, out lightning okay. logs all over the place. So it's great seeing that hobby progress. Uh, also, based on their feedback, we started a, um, a paint the pounds away challenge um, where we all post pictures of our piles of shame. And then we just paint from that pile. Um, yeah. Sadly, I have bought more and more shame uh, since the, <laughs> the pile picture was taken. Um, but I'm definitely ashamed of it. And I continue to paint from it. Um, but I also have 182 models to paint in like a month, which, yeah, I'm excited about. It's good. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, check us out on YouTube. Um, there'll be some content up there sometime, probably. Um, Mob Rules, and then on Facebook, Mob Rules AK. Uh, look for us anywhere that good podcasts are, including Audible now. So after you're done listening to your favorite Warhammer audiobook, listen to us just ruin stories about Scarbrand um and 
then decide if he's worse than Kato Scaris or not, and then tell us. And John, don't forget, after you listen to that and tell us who is better, Skybrander, Kato Scaris, sorry, which is worse. That's yeah. The, that's the right, yeah. Um, check out some of the other affiliated podcasts that we have on the Rogue Trader Network. Absolutely. The Dangly Boys, High Lords of Terra, and Ed Z 40 Shabal. The, yeah, it's the NZ40 Shabal. If they have the hard Z, we have to take away the hard C. That's, that's correct. We don't make the rules, <laughs> we just enforce them. And then we're real hopeful Man. that in two weeks' time. We really like to take that hard C all the time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we sure do. Uh, and we're real hopeful that next episode we can get Bartosh uh, from NZ40 Shabal. Uh, on yeah. to talk about custodes uh it's been a while since we talked about our favorite janitorial service uh so we want to take bartosh on who's a real top new zealand player which isn't an oxymoron there's more than one um and there's at least 16 there's at least 16 because they can hold tournaments uh, and well, they can and they're, they're having their masters i think next weekend they are the weekend after, yeah they are so yeah but bartosh very skilled custodes player if you want to hear more of his thoughts on that go ahead listen to nz40 shabal available where most podcasts are uh, not where all good podcasts are. Follow Danny on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Villicate. He goes on there sometimes. At Villicate 5. Oh, God, yeah. Sorry, didn't want you following the wrong Villicate. Um, yeah. There's uh, multiple of them. I don't know. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Hey, John Q. Uh, you get to see me be sarcastic to people uh, under the guise of niceness. But, you know, if you've made it this far already, then you've already heard that a ton um but aside from that we're gonna wrap it up and we'll see you in like two weeks for hopefully for some custody talk if we can work out international time zones um some for more rules i've been john i've been danny and i'm gonna turn the volume down